Good morning and welcome. And the Lord be with you. And grace and peace to us all in the name of Christ our Lord. We are here because Christ has called us, because this is the Lord's day, because this is the day of resurrection, and we are a resurrection people. It is a joy to share with you in this time of worship, especially those who may be visiting. We, we thank you, guests, for blessing us with your presence. We pray this is a blessed time for us all as we worship Christ together, as we proclaim the word and find our place at the table, and to know in word and a table Christ is with us. Just a reminder, you'll find registration pads in your pews because it helps us to know of you sharing in worship at First Church this morning, as it helps us for you to be attentive to opportunities before us regarding fellowship and service. I would remind you that this being the season of Lent, we host midweek Lenten services. So each Wednesday at noon, we host a service here in the sanctuary. The Lord's Supper is a part of that, as well as the word proclaimed. So I hope that will be a part of your Lenten journey. This coming Wednesday, Denise Bates, the district superintendent of the Danville District, will lead us in that time of worship, and I hope you will be a part of that time. Be attentive to other opportunities as they are before us. There will be a parents' meeting following this time of worship in the church parlor as we move forward with activities for youth and the children. And again, you see other the Bible study. I remind you of the prayer, um, prayer box that you see in the breezeway regarding the prayer ministry of each Wednesday evening. And again, just a reminder, mission boxes are before us as they are before us each time we share the Lord's Supper to support the mission ministries of the church. This being the first Sunday in Lent, Jesus is in the wilderness. That is always the scripture for this first Sunday in Lent. So we hear of the temptation story of Jesus being in the wilderness according to the Gospel of Matthew. I look forward to sharing that word, worshiping God with you, and I invite us to prepare for worship at this time.
I invite us to stand as we share in our call to worship. Jesus began his ministry to the world led by the Spirit into the wilderness. In those 40 days and in that place, Jesus was faced with hunger, doubt, and temptation. As we seek to follow Jesus, we would be led even into the uncomfortable Jesus left the wilderness, faithful and obedient to God, rejoicing in the one in whom he trusted. seated. Our opening prayer is before us. Invite us to go to God as we pray. Holy God, by the grace of Jesus Christ, you know the test and the trials we face. Walk with us through this wilderness. Come to us with agents of healing and visit us with messengers of hope so that we may return to you in faith, believing the good news of the gospel through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. The Lenten wreath is before us again this year. We are familiar with the Advent wreath, at which we light a candle each Sunday as we approach Christmas. With this Lenten wreath, we will extinguish a candle 
each Sunday as we draw closer to the cross. The Spencer family will lead us in the extinguishing of the candle, in a reading and prayer, and you will see that we will respond with verse 1 of Ah, Holy Jesus, number 289 in our hymnals. On this first day of Lent, we remember that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. In addition to being tempted in this wilderness for 40 days, Jesus also fasted. But through all of this, Jesus was faithful to God. Because Jesus was faithful, because he did not give into temptation, you and I worship him this morning. Even in the wilderness, Jesus remembered who he was and what God had called him to do. He was the Son of God, given to save us from our sins. Jesus gives into temptation, he forgets his call. We are left to die, separated from God. We give thanks this morning that Jesus was faithful to God and to us, even in the wilderness. We also remember that day by day, we draw closer to the darkness of Good Friday. Let us pray. We thank you, Jesus, that you love us enough to resist temptation and to bring us back to God. Help us to say no to temptation and yes to you. Amen.
We share the word of God, two passages this morning from Genesis and from the Gospel of Matthew, and we will see these to be contrasting portions of Scripture. We see the unfaithfulness of Adam and Eve as found in Genesis, then we see the great faithfulness of Jesus as we share from the Gospel of Matthew. First we pray. Lord, by your word, you create and you recreate. By your word, you inspire and edify. We thank you for the gift of your word, new this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to till it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may freely eat of every tree of the garden, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall die. Now the serpent was more subtle than any other wild creature that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God say you shall not eat of any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Stand as we sing.
from Matthew, the fourth chapter, verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterward he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will give his angels charge of you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. This is the word of our Lord. Well, I have a friend named John, and John also happens to be a pastor. John has enjoyed quite a successful ministry as you and I measure success. He has made a name for himself in clergy circles as a person of wonderful gifts, very impressive, so much so that colleagues in ministry will turn to John when they wish to coordinate, say, a leadership retreat or a long-range planning event or the development of some vision or mission for ministry. So John shared with me recently that not long ago, a church in the Richmond area, a prominent church, asked him to provide leadership for a church staff retreat. And John gladly agreed to do so. He looked forward to working with the gifted staff of this church. But the staff retreat did not go as John had hoped. You see, throughout the entire retreat, he said, he repeatedly had to contend with members of this church staff who would individually approach him. And the reason they would approach him, they approached John so as to solicit his favor or so as to influence the setting of the agenda for the retreat or, or to control the flow and the direction of this retreat. And John said, Keith, I was just miserable. He had hoped and then anticipated an inspiring and energizing time within the life of the church, but instead it became a time of leveraging influence and control and the promotion of self, yes, at a church staff retreat. Now hear that again. We're not talking about the corporate world here. We're not talking about the world of entertainment. We are not talking about the world of professional sports. Talking about the gifted leadership of the Church of Christ, leadership that is finding it difficult to resist temptation, to take up the cross, to deny self. So brothers and sisters, behold this season of Lent. We need to take this 40-day journey, don't we? 
We need this journey more than we know. Those of us inclined to be creator rather than creature, those of us who wish for more than anything that our will be done, those of, more of us who are more interested in being served than serving. Now, I know it's not especially easy to hear any of this self-indictment, any of these truthful words about ourselves. It may sound as if I'm saying we're not content with our station in life. It may sound as if I'm suggesting we are not content to be the created ones, that I'm suggesting we wish to rule over all things, to be those who have the final word. And no, no one here hears these words easily, that there is, there is resistance to these observations. Well, that being the case, consider this an invitation. An invitation to look closely at how we behave in certain social gatherings. Notice how we seek to direct the conversation. Look at how we may try to call the shots. Notice how we may seek to leverage others and try to engineer the agenda. To put it in other words, in these settings, we are so inclined to try to get our way. Which means, unlike Jesus in the wilderness, we're really not inclined to resist temptation and to give ourselves to the will of God. Meaning, unlike Jesus, we know the inclination to turn from the word of God and to choose our word instead. Meaning, unlike Jesus, who willingly gives himself to the will of his Father, we know that tendency to try to save ourselves, to keep at distance the will of our Father. So sadly, what my friend John experienced with this church retreat that I mentioned earlier is not unique to John. And you know this as well as I do. Because I'm going to guess that each of us has been to at least one of those church meetings in which we begin with prayer and we conclude with prayer. But throughout the meeting, no witness to any attention given to the one to whom we prayed. I remind you that as part of my pastor's letter for the February newsletter, in regard to the upcoming General Conference and its conversation regarding sexuality, I simply ask that we let our faith in Christ guide us as we share in this conversation. I do so as I remember a column written by Bishop William Williman regarding this conference, a column in which Williman notes that there is no reference to Jesus in the proposed article for separation within the United Methodist Church. We need this 40-day journey through the season of Lent, don't we? Well, I, for one, notice, as I move into the season, I find myself at a point in life in which I feel as if I have accumulated many things, things which I may well spend the rest of my life getting rid of. 
It's a nice little balance, isn't it? And you understand, I find much clutter in my life, much that contributes to chaos, much that enslaves rather than liberates. So I discover, thanks be to God, there is blessing in letting go. And I find such a blessing to be at the heart of this season of Lent. For this is a season speaking of letting go, of leaving behind all that tends to separate us from God. There is much clutter we have accumulated. We love our stuff. There's much chaos in our lives, but much that will enslave rather than liberate. Much of the stuff we find difficult to let go. So take to heart this season of Lent, this season which offers us the gift of this time in which to be free of that which has set distance between ourselves and God. We may notice this as we ask many times and are asked many times in this season, what are you giving up for Lent? And we may answer or hear by way of answer, I'm giving up chocolate, giving up sweets, giving up soda, giving up smoking, giving up Facebook. And there is much to be affirmed in all of this, even though these practices denied during Lent are practices we may embrace following Easter. So allow me to invite us to consider those practices we may wish to leave behind in this season, and perhaps even beyond this season. Perhaps now is the time to be free of the grudge. Perhaps now is the time to be free of bitterness. Now may be the time to unload incivility. Now may be the time to abstain from finger-pointing, now may be the time to shed fear. Now may be the time to be rid of envy, of division, of dissension. Now is the time to be free of all those things to which temptation can attach itself, those things separating us from God. I've shared with you before that over the course of several years, that each year, when we lived in the Richmond area, I, I ran the Richmond Marathon. And this remains for me a memorable and beloved experience in many ways, an experience really unlike any other. Everyone should run a marathon just once. For example, one of the things I remember each year of running the marathon, is I remember seeing the, the clothing of other runners shed along the course of the marathon. And I understand, I need to clarify that statement pretty quickly. It may sound uh, inappropriate, and it's not. But you see, the marathon is run on the second Sunday, excuse me, the second Saturday in November, beginning at 8 o'clock in the morning. Now, at that time of year and at that time of day, the temperature tends to be a bit chilly. But as 8 o'clock, becomes 9 o'clock, then 10 o'clock, and as runners loosen up and work up a sweat even in the autumn chill, the runners begin to shed some of the clothing they may have found necessary to wear 
as the race began. And as I was never one of the runners finding myself at the front of the pack, I had plenty of opportunity to see clothing items shed by the many runners who had gone ahead of me. So to my left, I see a pair of gloves. To my right, I might see a stocking cap along Grove Avenue. I see a sweatshirt. On the Huguenot Bridge, there is a long-sleeved T-shirt. Crossing the Lee Bridge, I may see a pair of sweat socks that someone had worn on her hands, and knowing that she could discard these from her hands easily as the race progressed. All of this discarded stuff, witnessing to a race in progress, all of it witnessing to the diligent and stubborn pursuit of the finish line, all of this clothing no longer needed, witnessing to the fact it is the better option to leave it behind. It no longer serves any helpful purpose, and the truth is, if this clothing is held onto, it will only obstruct our efforts to get to the finish line. So my hope, my prayers for the days and weeks before us is to share with you in ridding ourselves of those things keeping us from drawing closer to Jesus. My prayer is that we draw closer to him so that we may walk with him all the way to the cross, to that place where we confess Jesus to be the faithful Son of God. And as I see some of those things you leave behind in these 40 days, I will try to leave a trail of my own until together we find ourselves forgiven and free at the foot of the cross. Amen. Amen. I invite us to stand as we affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed, number 882. We affirm our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. And I invite us into a time of prayer that we know is the prayers of the people. It is a responsive time of prayer. In this time of prayer, I will name a series of petitions, and I will conclude each of these petitions with the words, Lord, in your mercy, I invite you to respond with, hear our prayer. I invite you as well to name those concerns upon your heart as we worship God together. Let us pray.
Lord, we give you thanks for the gift of this season of Lent, for the opportunity truly to be free, to let go of those things that enslave us, to let go of those things creating distance between you and us. Help us, Lord, desire you above all else, to draw closer to you, to walk more closely with you, even all the way to the cross. Lord, in your mercy, and hear us, Lord, as we pray for the people of this congregation. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy, hear us, Lord, as we pray for those who suffer and to those in trouble. Lord, in your mercy, Lord, in your mercy, hear us, Lord, as we pray for the concerns of this community. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for your world, its peoples, and its leaders. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy, hear us, Lord, as we pray for your church, its leaders, its members, and its mission. Lord, in your mercy. Bishop Lewis, Denise Bates, the Ministries of First Church, the United Methodist Church. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, hear our prayers gathered with the prayers of your saints. So great a cloud of witnesses gathered with us as your word is proclaimed and as we all find our places at your table. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Our prayer of confession is before us. I invite us to offer this prayer and to receive the assurance of God's forgiveness. Let us pray. O Lord, 40 days alone, the wilderness of thoughts which could so easily have distracted you from your task, your mission, your vision. Yet you emerged stronger and more attuned to all that had to be done. We too live in stressful times. Demands are made of our time that leave so little for the important things of life. 
we are easily distracted in the wilderness of our lives, tempted to turn stone to bread, to leap from mountains, and to do all that would keep us from the truth. We listen to the voices of this world, ignore the one who endured all this and so much more, yet emerge triumphant, that we might not have to suffer so. Forgive us, Father, when we are distracted from you. In Christ we pray. Amen. Hear the good news that Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Thanks be to God, and I invite us to welcome one another as we pass the peace of Christ. As we worship God by receiving his tithes and our offerings. Let us pray. Lord, your love for us is so deep, you withhold nothing, not even your own son. And you entrust to us a multitude of gifts. We return but a portion of these gifts to you in the prayer that in your care they accomplish great things and you are glorified above all. In Jesus' name, amen.
in this Lenten journey, we finally find ourselves in that upper room on the Thursday evening in which Jesus gave himself in the bread and the cup to his disciples. On that occasion, he said, do this in remembrance of me. So we find ourselves today at the Lord's table, remembering Christ and knowing his presence fully in the bread and the cup. I invite you to follow along as we share in the great thanksgiving it is before us, also may be found on page 9 in the front of your hymnals. And as we work through this great thanksgiving, we will find three responses we are invited to offer. These will be sung responses, and our choir will lead us in those responses as we come to them. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church delivered us from slavery to sin and to death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving 
as a holy and living sacrifice and union with Christ offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and to deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. This is the table of our Lord to which each of you is invited. Christ invites you. He is the host. And as you come forward, there will be two stations. You will receive a portion of bread offered to you at each station. And you're invited then to dip that into the cup that will be held before you as well. Having received the bread and the cup, you may kneel here for a word of prayer as you feel led. Again, a reminder of the mission boxes as they are before us, which support the mission ministries of the church. Our choir will come first. bottom of page 11, we find a prayer with which we conclude the Lord's Supper. It is also before us. Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We stand as we sing.
the journey has begun. And we travel these 40 days in the good company of one another and in the holy company of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen.